0: What's up? It's Brandon with DIY Sound Library. Thanks again for tuning in for this episode. And today we have a guest, Mike Pearson, one of my friends who I met at one of the uh, first shows I played in Philadelphia, actually, at Kung Fu Necktie. Mike has owned several house show venues, which your band may have actually even played at if you're in the scene. You may have actually played at one of these house shows uh, in the Philadelphia area that he's hosted. Um, Mike is a great guest, an interesting guest, because he not only makes his own music, like a lot of us, he's hosted his own shows, he knows how to do live sound, he knows how to do a little bit of mixing, a little bit of everything. And not to mention, he started his own blog recently called Endless River Studios. And that blog is doing really well right now. And there's a lot of creators that have joined to help write blog articles and share resources for musicians and artists and other people out there who just are creative and want to express themselves. I like this episode a lot because we talk about the ideas behind these projects that he's involved in and the impetus behind it all and the why behind the what. Hopefully you guys like it too. Check it out. One of the coolest things that I've seen with what you're doing is you started this blog, right? Endless River Studios. And I feel like it's grown to be much more than that with all the different contributors and all the different people working on it. Um, Mm -hmm. can you just talk about the general idea of what Endless River
1: Studios is? Yeah. You want me to talk origin story whole thing or just the blog? The whole thing. All right, sure. Uh, It it started off um, as an idea for essentially a backing company uh, for a video game. My friend and I were coming up with Uh, and he and I were writing a video game uh, and he actually came up with the name my buddy Jack uh, back from home in L.A. and it's because it's like a Pink Floyd album, I guess. Uh, and I just thought it was a cool name. And everything I do ends up being ocean themed. So I was like, let's run with nice. it. Um, and so that's kind of where the name came from. And then the game kind of fallen fallen to the wayside. But we're still hoping one day. Um, and me and a- another friend are working on a game idea right now, too. Um, mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, and then I just used the name um, and like actually incorporated it uh, as an LLC just to sort of have a publishing back behind my music releases. Um, so I could capture like those extra 50% publishing royalties. Um, and then there's just always been so many things that I want to do, uh, where I was like, I just want this to be so many different things in entertainment. Like I have an idea, I have a couple ideas for like apps and stuff for artists and things like that. Um, and so I figured it would just be like a nice, like, sort of like thing to house everything under, um, Mm -hmm. and then for the blog, part of it is that I want to, I want to write some books down the line and I thought blogging would be good practice, um, for writing. Um, and two, there was just like some things I just wanted to like get out there. And I felt like the blog would be a, a nice step, pretty easy to do. Um, in terms of like, and do you have a creative, a creative writing background at all? Or no, not at all. Not at all. I just like to, uh, to try stuff, you know? Yeah, um, for sure. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I have like, I've only written probably four or five of like the 25 that are up right now, as far as the posts go. Um, but that was basically like, I, I'd say behind the blog, there are like two main factors that keep it going. One is sort of like the, the, the mission that, that it's become is like just creating resources for artists. And like, for me, it's like every single post that someone else writes, because like, I talk to everyone about, about topics and stuff before they put it up there is like something I want to read myself. So I feel like I learned so much just editing all the posts and reading them. Um, yeah, that's true. And so it's just like a, a basically a, a continuous saga of information that's being made for me because I learn everything that's that's being written. Um, but then at the same time, I know that it'll be helpful for anyone else who's similar in terms of, you know, has uh, artistic creative aspirations. Um, and so that's kind of like how I like to put it is like I tell all the writers um, only write stuff that would be useful to someone who doesn't know you who like is an aspiring artist and creative. And I want it to be useful to them in either informational or inspirational way mm mm-hmm. um, and then besides that um it's like a it's like an SEO thing I don't know how familiar you are with SEO in terms of like search engine optimization but like it just brings traffic to a website in terms of having like content and stuff like that and so I want to eventually do more things with with endless server Studios I'm not sure what my next steps will be exactly I'm focusing yeah. on finishing school this last semester um, but it's just like you know. Getting something started, getting something going, getting some traction uh, and just sort of trying to hit the ground running in that kind of way.
0: Yeah, Uh, I feel like it started off like really well so far, like so many people have joined and contributed, and I feel like it's gotten a lot of attention for being still very young and very new
1: to Mm. the scene,
0: um, which I think is awesome, especially for it being just the written word. Like there's you're not necessarily doing videos yet, per se, or, or too many photos or like, yeah. And it's just like the written word, and I
1: feel like it still has a nice reach uh, to the community, which is which is great. Yeah, um, I definitely like the ones that I think are going to get the most, be the most helpful to people. I try to put out there, um, and like post them a few paces, drop some links. I usually don't. Um, I don't do much to publicize them. Uh, like yours, actually, I think still has the most views. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that one it was like really- semi-controversial. I think that's why. Yeah, for sure. It had that, that catchy, the catchy headline. Also, that photo I picked was the hilarious. photo head <laughs> was key. It was just so weird. Yeah. Like, I wish but... I could like, like talk to that horse guy and be like, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for doing this. But yeah, um, so it's kind of what, what's going on with the blog. I mean, I honestly have been like having writer's blog myself, so I haven't written anything on it um in a long time. It's on my to do list almost every week and never gets done.
0: Uh, <laughs> I but feel I,
1: that. I, I feel happy just um for now, like having other people do it um and like you know trying to put them on and learn stuff and i think that uh it's hard for me to feel because i haven't i haven't been engaged recently with the pandemic and everything i haven't been engaged with with all the stuff that i'm trying to write about um you know because a lot of it's about like live shows or like whatever and i've also been a little unmotivated lately Mm -hmm. uh and so it's like it's hard for me to write about this just because i know it's true rather than like it feels like i'm writing from my direct current experience um, right. Cause I've got like a long list of like blog post ideas. And then like, if I'm feeling it on a day, I'll just like whip it up in like 20 minutes or whatever.
0: Right. It's like a balance between like feeling motivated and inspiration to actually like create the content. Yeah. But also like you have to get shit done or else people are going to not go to the blog as much. Right. So
1: it's like a balance yeah. hack. But for me, it's yeah. like, I don't know. I, I haven't been trying to drive much volume to it. I just put ads on maybe a couple of weeks ago. Um but for me it's been like you know create this this baseline um have like content there um so that when I start trying to drive traffic there earnestly um that you know I'm not trying to get people to go to a page that's empty right yeah and what's like your
0: your goals with endless river your studios like where do you want to take it maybe short term or long term
1: <laughs> well i'd say my my biggest short medium goal is i have a a couple app ideas that i don't want to talk too much about right now um but essentially kind of like things to connect connect artists connect musicians help build communities and stuff like that really community oriented stuff um and so i'd like that to be a big focus of mine i applied to this whole grant uh thing that i was really hoping to get that i didn't get um and so now i'm looking at like either loans but that's risky or just trying to find other ways to finance development because like i can code but i don't I can't code that well, one. And two, that would just take all of my time, which I don't want to do. Right. Um, and so I'm trying to figure out a way to, like, to like invest in that without it taking up my everything because it's not – because I do so much. Mm-hmm. And, like, I found that, like, the way that I like to approach things is, like, getting maximal returns on minimal effort. Not that that's, like, a, like a lack of, like, a laziness thing, but more of, like, an efficiency thing in terms of, yeah. like, um, you know, I don't know. I'm still young learning a lot but we'll see uh but long-term goals i'd like to have um essentially i want to have music venues um all over the, the country in like major cities um but then like have them do other type of programming things so like have like art show type things there and then uh during like the, the day i feel like one of the worst things and i'm happy this is going to be on this podcast out in the world one of the worst things is that music venues are empty so much of the time and they're in, like prime real estate uh, great spaces and they're just being used for nothing but like I'd like to see like a big chain of venues with like a service aspect with maybe like you know art classes for like inner city kids or that kind of thing um sort of like creating like a hub and a community around the space rather than just like a place to go to see a concert you know what I mean yeah I mean I think it gets people out to the venue more
0: often obviously I mean that's the idea and you are connecting more with the people there and getting them involved. So I think it's smart to branch out like that. If you're not doing that already as a venue, you know, like, yeah, you got to get creative like that to keep your space alive. And considering you've ran
1: like multiple house shows, uh, you have that experience. Yeah, for sure. And I think that like one thing that I'm really focusing on with ERS is like, I think that the direction that the industry is going for definitely music but probably just art in general i guess we've seen it in youtube patreon all that it's just like more and more like it's like community grassroots sort of support for independent creators independent artists whatever and i think that like what i want to try to do is like just do things to empower independent artists and i think that like you know venues and like community spaces and things like that that would also empower independent artists more um will will be a trend you know and already have been a trend uh, in the in the overall industry. Um, but I definitely want to like leap into that and become a part of that because uh, I think it's something really important too. How do you think like other than offering
0: like things like art, like what else can you do to get that connection and empower those artists that are usually on the, the smaller side with their fan base? Like what else
1: can you do to build that up? I think it's just giving them more opportunities. Um, I think it's tricky. It's definitely tricky because... I think a a large part of it when it comes down to, I mean, I've never owned a venue or anything like that, but I think a large part of it is, um, you know, at the end of the day, they're trying to make money and like draw an audience. Um, But I think it's like creating a business that has like multiple revenue streams that can like leak into each other in terms of like, you know, if you have one part of your business that's like a label or whatever, or and it has apps and it also has like venues or something, then maybe something can operate at a bit of a loss, like, let's say your venue operates at a loss or like flatlines in terms of in terms of revenue, but you have like a bunch of um, revenue from like an app or something like that, then what you can do is like leverage, maybe like having live shows leverages participation with your other stuff, which eventually makes you money or something like that, right? Or maybe right. It just, it just doesn't idea. make that much money. and But if it can operate and be like, you know, sustainable, then. I don't need to be making a shit ton of money if I'm like changing the world. Like that's all I really care about. Um, yeah, <laughs> as much as I can on on whatever scale, I guess. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting that I haven't seen more of like, I guess perhaps big big labels do this, but perhaps a little bit behind more clo- closed doors is like uh, I feel like there's not enough. Are you? I think we might have talked about this before. Actually, the, the concept of like vertical integration, in terms of like you know like. Oh no, we were talking about the sales funnel. That's a different thing. Sorry. But like in terms of like a place that, like, let's say a company had a bunch of venues all over the place, but also like like booked and like managed tours for bands, but all at their own venues all over the place. But also like recorded bands and operated as a label. Um, it would be like all in house and like v- very easy and streamlined to book and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um the problem the problem with that, because that's kind of a goal, but then the problem with that is it doesn't really promote independent artists as much. So it's a bit of a, a line I have to tell. I haven't thought about it very deeply because it feels just so far away. Yeah. <laughs> but those are I, those are some of my thoughts. I love it.
0: I mean, there's so many avenues you can take it. And I guess it just comes down to the execution of it and how it actually plays out and the problems that arise and like where you pivot to make it eventually work out. Um I love yeah. the ideas, though it's pretty sick.
1: I mean, I think just a big part of it is just like listening to what the people want. You know, mm-hmm. like I mean, I'm soon to be by trade, hopefully going to be working in marketing after I graduate. Um, and like, I think what they what what I've been learning in school with marketing is that there's been a real evolution over the past uh, couple decades, I guess. Where I don't know if you've seen Mad Men or anything like that, where it's like the old yeah. old timey kind of kind of sales ad vibe, where it's right. just like you're trying to you're trying to like reach everyone and like make everyone want what you have and now marketing has become so much more of you know seeing what the people want uh and like giving them what they want but on one hand but on the other hand also like just like in terms of whatever you're offering is like just finding the right the right people for it Mm -hmm. and so i think that like we see this a lot with like i don't know let's say like amazon caters to everyone but then like i see so many ads for like like uh spin-off type Amazon type like e-commerce platforms that really cater to like a specific consumer or like sell like a specific thing or like there's this interesting app that I've seen a, a bunch of ads for while watching like sports stuff called slice um and it's like uber eats but like only for local pizza places and stuff like that and so I think that like as things come like more and more specialized that like in terms of and like people have more choices and in terms of like narrowing things down like I just want to like where my focus to be is like independent artists and creators and like just doing that because like there are people who care about that um, and just like letting them come to, to me or to you or whatever like I think that's, yeah. and as like I said before I just think it's a an important direction and like on like a sort of values in a value sense I feel like it's just really important Um, and I think that as we've seen um, through the past year or two or whatever um in terms of like the sort of social dialogue becoming so much about systemic problems be it by race or by income inequality or whatever like i just don't think that um a lot of people who have the talent or who have like narratives worth hearing get the uh the attention that they deserve um yeah and so i think it's also about when it comes to like you know supporting and empowering independent artists it's a lot about leveling the playing field in that sort of way as well Right, right.
0: Yeah. And I feel like i totally agree with that. I kind of see that as my mission as well with DIY sound library. It's like there's tons of local musicians and people who make music who don't know how to get to the next level. yeah. And they're in a way they're kind of blocked by like big artists and big labels who have resources and money to put behind their projects that, you know, the regular Joe Schmoe who plays guitar, maybe he makes great music, but uh, he can't get his stuff out there because he doesn't have a million dollar budget for promo for a real studio. And so, you know, places like Endless River Studios or, or whatever it is, you know, the resources to hopefully uh,
1: hopefully jumpstart them to that next level. Yeah, it's it's weird because, I mean, there's a the whole concept of nepotism and, and that whole thing. But and like, you know, like who, you know, which is such an annoying aspect of of life, but also necessary to a degree, but whatever. But besides Mm. that, uh, sometimes it feels really arbitrary. You know, it's like, why is that person like the one who made it? Like, just because someone someone with the power to decide, decided it to be so. Yeah. Like um, there's
0: no like real reason that's like, it's based off merit or talent per se. It's always like, oh yeah,
1: like he just knew him or that guy just had a lot of money. So it worked out. Yeah. And although that's definitely not always the case, like it's, it's, I think, definitely frustrating to a lot of people, myself included, that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess it's, I mean, I heard this one thing a while ago. I don't remember the details. Um, but there was this one artist who, um, who like, is under, like, a big label or something. And I saw this, like, little mini controversy about it, though no one really cared that much, where it was, like, they got so many streams on their song the first day it came out. And then someone posted a, a screenshot where... The day it came out it just got added to like 25 major spotify playlists and it's like well that plus all their promo machines and stuff like obviously if they can just be like hey spotify like put this on your on because they have like an agreement or whatever um then like it makes total sense that like the day it comes out that artist sort of gets that privilege of mass exposure regardless of how good the song is compared to like let's say someone makes a better song but like knows no one and doesn't have resources like right. Even if they had enough resources to put together and record a good song like well, like record it well, which is a a hard step to take as well. um, You could still be like screwed over, I guess, just by a lack of promotion or or lack of um, being, I guess, put on, essentially, especially when it comes to um, the playlist thing, which is such a weird, weird element of society now. Um, Because playlists just used to be personal like, when they were, I guess, like, they became a thing, I mean, I never used Napster, so I don't know if they were a thing on there, but, like, at least on, like, iTunes, like, when I was a kid, um, that was, like, you know, you have a playlist, and, like, I don't even think you could send it to someone else, and then Spotify changed that, um, and now, because of the whole editorial plus algorithmic elements, um, which are for sure biased in some way or another, intentionally or not, um, it's, it's, There was, like, this weird middle period where, like, the independent creator actually was really advantaged by these new platforms. But then, like, all of the old ways where, like, the people on top, like, had power over them, it just sort of, like, took some time to transition to, like, the way things are now. Hmm. Um, Because it used to be, you know, like, independent promoters, like, CD labels, like, everyone, radio. Radio was really what it was. Um, And, like, now radio has just been replaced by, like, biased algorithms. Which is, like, I guess it's just been taking taken more heavily into the hands of the computer, uh, which is sort of weird, but un- not unexpected.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's kind of converted into like AI and how apps are built kind of drives. It's like the driving force of like who listens
1: to your music now, you know, yeah. and it's my dad and I talk about this a lot because um, my dad's a Spotify user, but I love Spotify. Uh, but what what we've both found over the past year or two is that I feel like I used to go on Spotify and I'd like go on the radio, whatever. It would give me like a bunch of new songs and I'd like check it out and be like, I love this. And it was like, I was always finding new stuff. But now when I use like the Spotify radio stuff, like it basically plays like 40 to 60%, at least like songs that I already have saved or like are listened to a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So like the discovery element of like those features um, has like gotten worse. Um, And I don't know if that's, you know, a, a me thing, like my listening patterns or an algorithmic change, or maybe whatever else. But I've noticed that too, though. Like, you have. Okay,
0: interesting. The, the past two weeks, I mean, I don't know how the Discover Weekly works. I don't know how they program that, but I've been playing it and it's been playing like the same songs every time I play it. Mm-hmm. So I just stopped clicking on it. Like, I don't want to hear the same songs like five yeah. days
1: in a row. So now I feel like I just it's like a weird like it really gets to know you and your taste but and then i think at some point like just become very pigeonholed uh because now i feel like it's hard for me to discover new things um independently like the same way that i was before um using like just these sort of spotify like algorithms whatever yeah Um, but yeah so interesting stuff weird yeah
0: and kind of like changing subjects a little bit here um you're involved in a lot of things uh, in the music scene, and you know, uh, Endless River Studios, writing blogs for that, your own music projects. Uh, I think you started. You wanted to start a, a mixing service as well. Mm-hmm. How do you manage your time with all these different projects and still get stuff
1: done? Ah, uh, you know, I'm glad I'm having this conversation today because I realized this earlier today. Is I'm a I consider myself an addict uh, for doing things. <laughs> um and so i was talking to my girlfriend earlier it was like if i like get a puzzle like a thousand piece puzzle like it will be done like in 24 hours um but my entire life will just be put aside uh until it's done right and so it's like i go extremely intensely for things and then i think i experience extreme burnout and do other things and just cycle through them
0: i'm kind of the same way that's that's like the same way i operate and like Sometimes it's to the detriment of relationships. Certain people (laughs) get mad at you because you're not paying attention or, or, you know, spending time with friends or family. And it's like, it's just part of
1: like my flawed personality, I guess. I know last night I had a four month anniversary uh, and dinner planned and didn't end up happening. And I ended up watching 16 episodes of one show that I started yesterday. Mm -hmm. Like, this is just like something about my personality. I think that I just had to accept. the good and the bads but this happens you know with the good things as well um so when it come when it came to like um starting this blog like i mean i'd been writing stuff like over time but like when it came to like getting other contributors uh and like getting it online and stuff like i was just doing it all day every day for like a a period of like a few days or like a week or two or something like that mm-hmm. and then like essentially i found that like what works the best for me is to try to put all of my intense energy like this into building machines that essentially can like half run themselves or like systems is a better way to put it. Um, sure. and so like essentially what I've built with ERS, like I haven't done much for it over the past, um, like except for putting ads on, I guess a couple weeks ago, for the past couple months, I haven't done anything. Um, except for, I just have people send me articles and, um, I re- review them and put them on. And sometimes that takes so much energy for me to do. Just to like yeah. read an article, have like a few grammatical checks or whatever, it takes like 5 minutes, but sometimes it takes me days to do it. But fortunately, like I already I've already built the like system where like I have people sending me stuff on a schedule and I just have to put it up at my leisure essentially. Um and so it basically this project now exists and it takes almost nothing for me to continue to do it. And Um, How many contributors do you think there are at this point right now? I'd say that regularly
0: contribute about four or five. Um, Do you you plan on expanding that
1: even further? Yeah, it was like there was a push rush. I was trying to get some and a lot. There were a few people who said they would and then dropped out because of other commitments and stuff like that. Um, And I think for right now, like I don't want to manage more people um, because it's gonna be more work for me. Mm. Um, But basically, like my plan is to is to kind of get it to a point where I can just pass it off to someone else um, mm-hmm. and have them be the blog manager and do all that kind of stuff. So then I could like then like have that exist and then like build on top of it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think this I have definitely heard this a lot like a lot of places. Like I read a, I read a lot of content um, and like watch a lot of talks just given by like really wealthy people and successful people because I'm interested in emulating some of the things they do. And a lot of them say building systems is like a good way to go. It's like, how are you going to make more money? If you go put a vending machine somewhere, or if you like stand on the side of the drink and sell soda, mm-hmm. um, is a good way to think about it. And so it's like, you just have that sort of going. So my mentality is not to go around trying to like, do you think like, I'll mix because I want to get good at it. And I'm like interested in like one building connections and and two like just developing skill for my own music, um, and developing my ear. But besides that, like, I'm not really interested in doing many things that will con- require like a consistent applied effort of like me doing a repetitive task of any kind. Um, it's more like just unloading that and then trying to move on to the next thing and sort of just building tiers of, of things that do, th- do their do themselves, essentially.
0: Right, right. And it, it's also very difficult to build uh, a system that works well from the beginning at least I've noticed because it's hard it's the hardest thing for me is like finding people who essentially fuck with the vision, like people who are mm. down for the cause and are willing to work for it is super hard if they're not getting paid. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's the hardest thing i found, especially for like, if you're starting a band, even that, like how do you find people that are committed to making music and getting together, practicing every week? It's, it's like di- really difficult to find those people. Um, yeah. And even that is a system in itself. So, I mean, what True. what have you learned,
1: I guess, in creating these systems? Like how do you get that to work? In terms of in terms of getting other people involved and that kind of thing. I think the biggest the biggest aspect to keep in mind is like other people's goals and values. Um mm-hmm. so like for bloggers, let's say, like before anyone starts writing, yourself included, I ask like what do you want to get out of this? Um like why do you care? Like whatever, and then I do everything I can to try to make it a helpful experience for them. Um, and so, like, let's say someone uh, says, "Oh, I'm interested in doing this," just because I like, have things to get off my chest. Like, then I'm be like, "All right, well, I will get them out there." Um, and if someone else says, "I want to like you know, like get to know more people and like network more," then as we're like brainstorming topics, I'll be like, "Okay, go interview these people," and like mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, and so, like, that's just, like, you know, it's just I found that the best way to lead in, in mo- almost any context is to, um, one, I guess, find people with whose goals, like, serve your own or, like, a, a bigger shared goal. Um, and then, two, like, figure out what they want and, like, out of it and then just give them, to the best of your ability, what they want. Um, and, like, then people just... Do people are happy to do things if they're getting what they want. Like a lot of people um want a job just to make a lot of money and they're happy to do their job just because they're gonna be making bank. And other people want their job because they want something fulfilling that they really care about. And I think that like we just have to figure out what's fulfilling to people and what serves them, and like ultimately you're gonna be compatible with uh whoever, you know, one has like a shared goal or goals that are compatible, and two, like like you have something that you can offer them. I think that's like like, that's like the biggest thing that I've learned over over my course of like being interested in like entrepreneurship or like it's always a transaction, like a back and forth. And I think it's like in a beneficial way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like I mean, because I've this is like a big part of the reason I studied like psych and like like that kind of stuff is because I've Mm -hmm. always been interested in, in the way that people make decisions. Um and I found that a big thing um, when it comes to society and people in general is just reciprocity in terms of you know back and forth you give you take sort of thing and so people actually generally speaking feel uncomfortable to receive um, if they don't feel like they deserve deserve something um yeah <laughs> that, uh, like, they, like it just feels off like it feels weird like if you, yep. someone just walked up to you on the street and just gave you a thousand bucks you'd feel strange you'd be like What like what do I need to do for this you know what I mean And so like the way that I I try to approach things is is sort of uh, I guess with this psychological rule in mind is I just try to provide as much value and and give as much as I can uh, to people um, with not the like expectation, but perhaps with the hope that like I'll get something back. Um, Right. But if and that's like what the blog is, right? It's like the blog is I mean, on one level, it's like giving value to the bloggers, whatever or not whatever. But that's level one. And then level two is like giving value to anyone who's reading. it. Um, And so like, it's just like trying to generate value. And ultimately, like, I think this is a big thing with anyone interested in, in entrepreneurship or business in general, is that um, you're not gonna make money, not producing any value, like everything is a value transaction in some way or another. And so if you want, at the end of the day, if you want money, you need to like, produce something that will give give something to someone else, because all money comes from people because it's all just value from people and they give you money in return. And so it's like just figure out how to serve people and like give them what they want or need, and then they'll be happy to give you money for it. It's like I'm happy to pay for like my favorite like naked juice. Like I'll give naked juice all my money because I'm <laughs> obsessed with their juice. I love juice. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like, what can I give people? I think it's a question everyone should ask themselves in life overall. is All like, right. What can I, I like provide? Um, cause like, that's the only way to receive. Right, right. I love that mindset and it's something I've been kind of learning
0: over the years with the many different projects I've started. <laughs> um, and it's, it's, it is hard to start off and get it right. Um, but once you figure it out, then, then you really know what's going on and you can kind of scale it from there. I think.
1: Yeah. I'm by no means a pro at this, but like, I just tr- try my best. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and and so, what do you think is a metric of success for Endless River Studios?
1: That's hard. I don't really, I don't really get too attached to end goals in most things. I try not to, because um, I like to think that um, the way the only way for anything to be worth it is if you enjoy the process. Because, like, I'd say, like, I view a lot of everything I do in life through a fairly mm-hmm. existential frame, in terms of like you know. Not to make the podcast too dark or whatever. But like, you know, <laughs> Please uh, no. like everyone's gonna die eventually. You know what I mean? And I just want to like yes. enjoy my life overall as much as possible. Um, right. And so I feel like for me, a measure of success is just like one, I guess being proud of myself for the effort that I put in and like not feeling like I didn't put it all on the table. Um, but besides that, just like trying my best to enjoy every step along the way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if I enjoy the journey of trying to be successful, like let's say monetarily, um, and I'm not like that won't feel like life wasted but like I don't know there's a lot of people because I go to like an Ivy League school and like a lot of people just like go to like these consulting jobs that I feel like they graduate and like then they graduate with like a hundred K salary um, but they're working like 12-hour days and they're just like miserable for like all of their 20s uh, and it's like is it worth it like yeah. I don't know I actually got I had my first uh, chiropractor appointment yesterday uh, and he and I were talking the whole time. This is exactly what we were talking about, because uh, this this is what he was. Chiropractor was his second job. Before that, he was in finance, and he hated it. Uh, and he was like, it was like what he said, like like what I just said. Like he made a bunch of money, I'm like he has friends that are like this too, um, and they never get out because it just becomes their life. And then it's like, what's the point of getting a lot of money if you, you're not gonna enjoy life? Like money is just one metric. Um, right. It's just one
0: aspect of life yeah and like considering the fact you're going to be there seven eight nine ten hours a day or more that's pretty much your whole life like, yeah. right there right. so why don't you why don't you like take that into consideration and try to find something that at least fulfills you a certain to a certain extent you know yeah
1: And i mean it's like at the end of the day it's like a balancing act and everyone's balance is different but like i know that balance for me is like i need to like i'd rather make half as much money and work half as much time um and spend my time doing other shit Like yeah. But it's in terms of like I guess success overall, like that's kind of how I think of it is like, you know, I, I don't think of myself that separately from ERS. Um and so like all I really want at the end of the day is to like be able to change people's lives um for the better and make them more enjoyable. Um hopefully help other artists be successful, um and you know, just like create a community. Ultimately I want a cultural shift um where people care about and support independent creators more that's what i guess like in in a more concrete way what i really would like
0: i think part of the issue is the simple fact there's just no exposure for the average listener or average person to like their local scene like if you're not already in the scene like as a band or an artist or whatever it is that you do you kind of have no idea what's going on in your local community because all you listen to is like top 10 on the radio so at least in terms of music, that's how I see it. And it's it does need to change and, and there needs to be things that change that. And hopefully Endless River Studios does that for people, you hopefully, know?
1: Hopefully, man. And I think one, I actually would be really, really interested to hear your take about this. I haven't talked about this a lot, but I feel like something really interesting with music Uh, is that it's essentially like a product of the person slash people who's made it like a life experience, right? Like hmm. it's sort of like you lived your life and then it's like the output right yeah of like you know through like your own filter of like creative expression or whatever but i feel like yeah. the thing something really interesting with music is that um you know for the people listening like i think that like what really makes it really enjoyable on some level is like in a uh, degree of empathy i guess um and i think i think that people with similar communities would should really be able to appreciate like music i guess people from a community should be able to appreciate music from their community because at the end of the day like they have really similar shared experiences and so i feel like they should be able to empathize with each other a lot more mm. um so i feel like people should like be more interested in listening to music by people from similar backgrounds um for that reason i didn't say that too well i this, this thought isn't very articulated um but it's something that's been on my mind you know, like, like the community that I'm from, like, I should care more about that music because it's like about me in a way, because I'm like, right, like sharing experience with the person that that is from the same place.
0: I mean, where do you think the disconnect is? Because currently, that doesn't seem to be the trend or what's happening with most music listeners. Like how, like, why is that disconnect
1: even there? I'm gonna guess that it's probably because. Honestly, I feel like I'm answering my own question here. But I feel like uh, it's because at the end of the day, people are more interested in escapism than reflecting on their own personal experience. Mm. And so I feel like, you know, people are interested. Let's talk about, like, white kids listening to gangster rap, right? Like, that's just, you know, like, it's like fantasy experience. It's like watching Lord of the Rings. Like, that right. that kind of experience versus, like, watching a documentary about your own neighborhood, which I guess arguably is more interesting. Um, but that's probably why it's probably more, you I don't think escapism exact, is exactly the right word, but, you know, more like external experience, interest in that, um, something new and novel rather right. than like, just like reflecting on yourself. So then I guess the goal of
0: someone who is a local artist who wants to connect, they have to present something to the fan in their local scene that is new and novel that grabs their interest still, but still in a way that connects with them. You know?
1: Well said. I like this. This is some good food for Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's interesting. I think so, too. And then, like, what does that mean? Does that mean, like, different sonics? Does that mean, like, making it more sound like a top 10 record? Or, like, what does that even mean for the local artist? How do they do that?
1: There's so many different avenues. And this part of what I love about music is that there's so many different parts of it. Um, I think for, like, my band Slowzy, something that I found interesting when we started to play, like, live shows together is that We all have such different backgrounds that our sound felt pretty unique because it was like such a blend of like we all did like like I was so like indie rock like Mac DeMarco strokes whatever and like my guitarist Tom is like very like rock and roll kind of energy likes to shred on guitar my drummer Brian was like very like jazzy and and, like cool he was pretty diverse all around though um and my my bassist, Jacob like he's really into like Indian he's from India like really into like Indian classical type stuff um. In terms of like studying it musically, but like he writes like really acoustic, like like beautiful airy type things, and so it was really interesting to like have that all like mashed together, um, and it creates something unique. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is like there's so many parts of music that can come from so many different places, um, that like I think there's so many different ways to achieve that balance that you just like uh, articulated, um, where it can be familiar um but new i think that's ultimately the goal of, of music overall because people like fam- familiarity in music but it also can be boring right i think it's the, it
0: might be a combination too of like exposure in, in terms of like promotion like people just don't know the local artists because they're not part of the scene and they don't see the advertisements for those people they don't see their instagram posts they don't follow them things like that it's like if, if there is a maybe an effort or some kind of like resource outlet for these local bands to reach the local audience um i i would assume through social media that's kind of the only outlet nowadays mm-hmm. um that would be the best bet but th- th- at that point you're competing with big labels and, and big budgets so yeah competing on the big
1: budgets um i have a question um sure. about okay so this is semi-related so the night we met we were playing the show kung fu necktie um and there was Oh yeah. There was another band that was playing on that bill that I didn't think was good at all. I won't say their name because I'm not going to drag someone on this podcast. But there was a band I didn't think they were good at all. Whatever. That's a personal opinion. But besides it's probably my band. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was the other, it was the other band. You guys were good. You guys were sick. Um but uh yeah, I that has me thinking like I I found it very difficult um on one hand to be like supportive it's like it's like a balance of being supportive of art the artists that I don't think are are making stuff that I like. Um but also trying to be like, you know, I, I don't want to like quench anyone's creative flame whatsoever. Right. So it's like a weird I don't know if you've ever been in this kind of situation uh uh where like someone's like, "Can you listen to this? Can you check it out?" Or like whatever and then you check it out and you're like, "Fuck this sucks."
0: Yeah. Um yeah.
1: It's, it's weird. It's a weird situation to be in, but it, I it's very comment.
0: weird. And it's, I, I always try to stay encouraging about it because I never, ever want to encourage someone to stop making music. Exactly. Or, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. I'm not about that. And I, I would love to see that person flourish and make the best record I've ever heard because that's what I want. But <laughs> yeah. At the same time, you know, what I like to do is I always like to, to give them the benefit of the doubt. If someone sends me music I've never heard before and I'm always skeptical about it. Yeah. I'll listen to it. I'll, I'll actually listen to it. I'll play their album. I'll hear like two or three or four songs and try to get an, a, a more objective uh, viewpoint of their music. Mm. If I don't like it, I don't like it. But at least I gave them the chance where most people just don't even give them the chance. Yeah. So. Okay, so here's I, a
1: here's I, a related anecdote that happened recently. Sure. So someone from home of back in L.A., from my friends from high school asked me to be in this band. I was like, I'm really busy, but like, I guess fuck it. I can't say no to shit. Um, <laughs> and so, like, I'm in this new band. We're called Designer Dog. Um, and, anyways, one of the one of the guys in it, I I know way worse than the other two. Like, we just never like hung out in high school, whatever. Uh, but he has this, his own project, and so I had him send it my way to check it out. Uh, and I and I listened to it, and I was like, I don't like this at all. I think this is terrible. Um, and I told him hey, like, I don't like this at all. Like, I just said it. Like, I don't, like, this just isn't my, because it's really just not my style. Like, it's really, like, noise, sure. like, la- like, noise music, like, a lot of, like, I don't know, It's like, very visceral stuff. Um, And I was like, I, you know, it's not for me, whatever. But then, over the next week, I showed it to a couple friends who I thought it might be up their alley. And they were like, this is so good. Who the fuck is this? Who you knows this <laughs> person? This is insane. I'm saving this right now. Like, they're like fans of his now, like, like, like that, like five people that I showed it to. And I was like, right, that's mind blowing to me because it really opened my eyes to the subjective nature um, of, I guess, music in general, um, people's preferences, the they were yeah. they were like obsessed with it. They were like, they took their phones out and were, like, I'm saving this immediately because I cannot lose this. Like it was it was honestly mind blowing to me. Um, yeah, but it was really also really interesting to hear them talk about because I was like, what the what do you like about this? Like, tell me about it. Um, and yeah. as they were explaining it to me, as I was listening to it, I could, I still don't, I still wouldn't just like listen to it in my free time. Like I definitely can appreciate it a lot more too. Um, and so that made me feel like I just need to be encouraging to everyone all the time because at the end of the day, like my own taste is so subjective. Right, right. But that was, yeah. that was an interesting experience. And I think that's a that's a good like kind of message out there
0: for people. Like if someone tells you that your music sucks, like that's just one person, yeah. And there there could be a whole fan base that maybe you haven't reached yet that would absolutely love your music and save it right now. And it's like you, you it's, it's easy to get discouraged if you hear that from someone, but yeah. uh, you know, just, just keep going. like, there's people out there who would like it. Yeah. You ever use submit hub? Um, I've heard
1: of it. I haven't used it yet. Yeah. Anyone for anyone listening to this podcast, it's just a, a thing where you sort of upload your song. And then you could like pay with credits to like send it to different uh, blogs or playlists or whatever. And so, like, this one song I put out uh, recently, or actually, well, I guess for all the songs i put out there, basically, let's say the first time I used it, um, I got rejections that said exact opposite feedback. Um, <laughs> someone's like, I love the vocals, but, like, the bass sucks. Or, like, I hate the bass and, like, the instrumentals, but, like, these vocals are so beautiful. Like, for the same song. right? And right. That, that honestly opened my eyes to, like, being able to take feedback better. Um, in terms of, like... All right. So this person, like, I was like, OK, my plan was to, like, take all the, the feedback, like, synthesize it and then uh, figure out how to use it to make my next album better. Well, the feedback
0: is, is like, screw
1: their opinions. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really what I learned is, like, you just have to find. It's like what, what I guess I was talking about earlier with the marketing stuff. At the end of the day is like, you just have to find the right audience. Yeah. And it's not easy, but it's out there. <laughs> not
0: easy. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um. That's pretty much everything I had uh, for questions. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to mention or talk about?
1: Um, Well, anyone listening, uh, animals, dot com slash blog. Some great blog posts on there, including a couple by your boy Brandon. Hey, um, let's go like this here and um, Slozy. I mean, slozy's is an interesting project. I don't know how long it'll be going for. Yeah, when's uh, the new record uh, dropping? Whew, it's hard to say. I'm honestly aiming for my birthday again. Um my first one dropped on my birthday. So it'd be nice to have like three records in like a one exact one year span. So I'm aiming for July 10th. Um but honestly I've I burned out myself. I burned myself out so hard on the last record. Um it's kind of miserable. Uh I think I did a really good job, but like the few weeks that I was working on it, I did nothing else and I like almost died. Not actually, but you know, it felt that way. And uh, I'm trying to, like, with music stuff, give myself like no deadlines right now. Mm. Um, And just like, I think it's like rediscovering the love of the process versus like, I need to get this out on this date Um, because like I was so fixated on this concept of like all of them are like love songs and I just wanted it to be released on Valentine's Day. And so I was like running this crazy deadline that nobody else cared about but me. Um, But I, I, I cared about it. So I guess it was important um but long answer short no clue when the album's coming out
0: (laughs) (laughs) well i i guess the point is that like sometimes we all get bogged down with the technical details of how to like create this album this piece of art yeah and we're always like oh i gotta get it done gotta work on it gotta finish it and you just lose the enthusiasm for it which is the whole point of doing it in the first place so i think it is good to kind of take a step back and just Slow down and say like, hold up, like let's enjoy this
1: process. It's definitely that, and like for like musicians, like I feel like at least for me, like I view things quite technically in terms of like I listen to a song and I hear the drums, I hear the hi hat and the kick drum and the bass and every instrument like layered on top. I hear them all individually. But like for a lot of people, it's a much different experience um mm. where they just hear it as like a wave coming at them. Like if you like pick out the bass. Like they could make me do it, um, but some people like can't even pick out individual instruments very well in the song at all. And so mm. I think that like viewing it, you know, taking a step back, like you said, and viewing it as more of an e- ephemeral more as an experience than like this sort of technical song that you have crafted and be like, what is what is a someone who's hearing this for the first time experiencing when they, what are they feeling when they hear this versus just like, right. like, right. you're mixing it like, oh, do the hi-hat sit right and like all this shit like, it's yeah. a, it's like, In that way it's an art um especially like the mixing process is like is and also the writing and everything process is like what is the person who's listening to this like what is that moment like for them like you know is someone gonna like like listen to this song and then think about like their like first kiss in the brain or like some (laughs) shit like that like like it's like in that way like creating moments for people
0: yeah that's 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 so true because like that person when they first hear their song they're not analyzing the The mix, they're not thinking about the compression on the drums and what kick drum did you use and all this stuff like they just exactly what you said, they hear just the singular file coming at them to their ears. What's that experience like? What's what are they feeling when they hear that? Is it giving them the emotions uh, that either you intended or that? Are they feeling anything at all? Yeah, and if that's kind of like that's like the meta, like behind (laughs) all of this that we really should focus on more it's not so much about the details and it, it's hard to, to get that feeling across, but if you can, that's, I think, when you're doing it right. About the soul, baby. It's yeah, cool. definitely. Well, well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it, man. Happily, man. Happily. This is fun. Hopefully you have uh, some more time to work on your projects and not get too stressed out. Hopefully hopefully, I can get out of this
1: trap with this anime, man. I can't stop watching it. Which one? Uh, it's called... That time I got reincarnated as a slime. I wouldn't say it's a particularly good show. Um, <laughs> I'm, you're watching it. I'm just an addict. I just can't stop when I start. It's so bad. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. Happy to have done this, man. Awesome. Alright, we'll
0: talk to you soon, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks. If you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening. It's been about 52, 53 minutes. You're a pro listener out there. You're a premium listener. I'm sure there's only a few of you, maybe one or two, that actually listen all the way through. So thank you if you did. And hopefully that was informative and that helped you out in your journey. And you can kind of see the impetus behind these different projects and the creative vision behind it all. So thanks again for listening. Catch you on the next one. Peace.